Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're taking communion over some promises for our children. Just a few nights ago, I was reading through the book of Psalms. I was reading Psalms 102, and just came across this amazing promise that God has made for our children, talking about how our children will live in his presence, that he will establish them. And so we're going to be taking a look at a few promises today that God has made for our children, where he promises to just establish our children, to make them great, to be with them. Some amazing promises for us to receive from God today. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. Was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. My business was very up and down. I've got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. I just had the weight and stress and pressure of it on me. My life was very unbalanced, stressed out all the time. And I remember getting for the, the place to go for a walk around the neighborhood with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. Got to be a better way to live. It wasn't for a lack of seeking or searching because I've been traveling all over the world, all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts around. But I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And one day I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one morning I came across this verse, Proverbs 13, 22. Just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? And the Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. And so I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals, lessons, teachings for all the different areas of life. Areas like purpose and health and family and finances. But really, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to press into him. And really, this whole program that we have now, we call it the Abundant Life Blueprint. God began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. I just simply began to document what he was taking me through and turn into this whole series of books and courses that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. And really, this started with things to pass on for our children. So we're taking communion over some promises for our children today. So we've got this whole program we have now, the Abundant Life Blueprint. As I've just started recording what God was taking me through. It wasn't always easy all the time. I had to unlearn some old things. I had to learn to embrace this new way of living where we make God the source, God the center of everything. Learning to rest and to trust in him. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe daily communion is the most important thing. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Something so powerful about that concept of simply remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're facing issues and problems and testings and trials, to simply remember and not forget. Communion helps us to stay focused on that, helps us to abide in Christ so that our life produce much, produces much fruit. The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all the benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. 
Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for his sacrifice. And I think it's important we remember both sides of the cross. On one side, we remember all that he went through, all that he suffered for us. But on the other side, we remember what his sacrifice did for us in connecting us back to God, giving us this new covenant with God. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. Coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical physical workout tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them and all of our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. If Father, I ask you to bless us. And make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders, and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's what we talk about, executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun and some energy into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember, God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, to the promises they had made, to the inheritance that he had for them, they didn't just go straight there. They crossed over the Red Sea. They go through the wilderness. They cross over the Jordan River. Then there's a one-year transition where he says, I'm not going to give you the land all at once. 
There were steps and stages throughout their journey. And in a similar way, in our walk with God, for us to step into the inheritance that he has, the promises that he has for us, I believe there's a process. And to make it all very simple, I think it starts with just believing God's got something better for our life. Something better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. That he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then we've got to look to what he can do. Not what we can do in our own strength. Because the people in the, in the Old Testament example, they got stuck in the wilderness. Because they kept wanting to go back to the way things used to be. And it's learning to embrace this new way of living. Where we look to what God can do. And we rest and we trust in him. We put off our old ways. And we allow him to do the work. We allow him to beautify our lives, to bring us into these promises in his strength rather than our own. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. And I think our first step is humility, humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven, you got to humble yourself like this little child. Just simple childlike faith and belief in God. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today. Receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, walking in forgiveness with other people. We're going to take our position in love today. Kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs, delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. Because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. It's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has. And he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity that this day today we have access to everything that's available in Christ, God's spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's health and energy, purpose and grace, time, finances, resources. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. It's all in the light, and we have to learn how to get in position to receive it, and then we've got to learn to get it flowing through us, out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow over all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart. Where we become more consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket filled up. With the issues, problems, testings of life. The other basket we want to fill up with our praise. In the face of issues and problems, which basket are we going to fill up with our thoughts, our words, our attention, our focus? As we're going throughout the day, which basket are we going to fill up? To magnify the light, we can just stay consistently functioning in praise. Praising God for who he is. And all that he's done for us in Christ. All that he's done for us in our own lives. Because what he started, he's going to finish. We can praise him for his word and his promises, his unfailing love, his faithfulness, his mighty works, the righteousness that we have in Christ, every good thing that he put within us. 
looking back at all that he's already done because what he started, he's going to finish. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. In the face of issues and problems, it's filling up that basket of praise. Because all of our toiling away, thinking about the problems, trying to figure it all out, really doesn't get us anywhere. It's learning to rest and to trust in him that he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness. Filling up that basket by focusing on all the issues and problems and talking about it, inventing and complaining and pouting. Rather than resting and trusting in him, filling up that basket of praise. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because wherever we're positioned, wherever we're, whatever we're magnifying, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. When we're out of position, we might have a tendency to retaliate at people, to withhold good things that we know to do. We might avoid people, might give them the silent treatment or isolate ourselves. On the inside, you'll feel this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. Might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness like you're trapped or you're stuck. And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry, frustration. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst-case scenarios. And unfortunately, this can become a pattern. This can become a habit where we get stuck in these loops that just seem to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's this fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything begins to flow. Everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. His peace and joy and love and mind and wisdom, all those good things just begin to flow. And now all of a sudden, we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around, get back in position again. And it's learning to recognize those symptoms and turn it back around quickly. I think it starts with humility. Father, forgive me. I've missed it right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. If we need to reconcile with somebody else, we take those steps. And then we start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And then I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming my way today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing at a greater level in my life today. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental, we're going to stay tuned into him today. Every day he's trying to teach us and navigate us. But we've got to stay tuned into him. And lately we've talked about whatever we magnify, it's also going to begin to amplify. When we magnify him through praise, it just begins to amplify where we hear more clearly from him. My favorite way to stay tuned into him is with a journal before bed. And lately we've talked about installing some filters at the top of our journal. These filters are just short phrases, maybe one word that we keep rewriting every day in our journal as a way to reinforce God's standards for our life, his way of doing things. 
And so a filter might look like this. God is working continually for my good. And I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps to navigate us throughout the day when issues and problems and things arise. And I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. And then I like to ask this question, God, what are you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we're going to stay tuned in throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just slow down for a couple minutes, just one to two minutes. Get aware of his presence with you. Think of it like plugging in a phone. Going to get charged up or powered up in him again. And then our fourth fundamental, we got to do what we know to do today. The final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Not the things I'm unsure of, not the things I'm uncertain on. What do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. I'm toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen in my own strength. And the grace wasn't there. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. It's easy to come up with all kinds of reasons not to take action today on things that we know to do. So we make out the plan. What do I know to do today? And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak in the Bible. Let there be light. So I've begun to start my days this way, very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing just brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with God, we get connected with him and his words, start praising and magnifying him. We start walking out that plan in full confidence that he's right there with us every step of the way. Right there with us every step of the way. When we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives and bring these good and perfect gifts from above. Things that we could never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and just begins to pull more and more of everything that God has for us into our life. So let's take a look at some of these promises today. I don't know about you, but if you've got children, sometimes I got to keep going back. Parenting is not always easy. Got to keep going back and just looking at these promises. What has God promised us for our children? If you don't have children yet, something you can start meditating on and preparing for. But this verse, just the other night, just really jumped out at me. Psalms 102, 28. The children of your servants, of God's servants, will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. So God's saying, your children are going to be established with me. They're going to live in my presence. Isaiah 54, 13. All of your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. All of your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. 
Isaiah 61, 9. This is the passage. This is just after Jesus talks about setting the captives free. The passage of scripture that he quotes when he starts his ministry. Just after that, you read on a little bit further. He's talking about God's people. Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize that they are a people the Lord has blessed. So, Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for these promises. Not only for us that you've promised all that you've promised us, but promises for our children as well. We're just thankful that you thankful that you are faithful. If we just stay focused on you, you are faithful to fulfill these promises for us. Out of your great love, your unfailing love. And we're asking for your help to be walking in these promises today, to activate these promises, to see them come into pass in our life. We thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember. God didn't have to send Jesus. He could have left us on our own, separated from him forever, walking in darkness. But he chose to send his one and only son. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself, even unto death on a cross. To be rejected and betrayed, mocked, ridiculed, spit on, hit, whipped, nailed to a cross. He separated from God and the cup of God's wrath was poured onto his body. All of God's anger and frustration with humanity has poured onto the body of Jesus. Jesus became sin for us. His body was destroyed. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And that same victorious power that raised him up from the dead, it now lives on the inside of us. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. We've got peace with God. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and for these amazing promises that you've given us for our children. We ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness. He transfers us into the light. His blood cleanses us. Gives us this new covenant with God. This blood sworn oath that God is with us and for us. Working for our good, fighting for us. Not only us, but our children as well. So, Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take the juice. <clears throat> All right. Health and fitness. Talking about children today. We, we talk about this quite a bit. 
One of our goals in our health and fitness is to be able to move like a kid and to maintain that over time. Restoring our ability to move like kids, to run, jump, throw. Think about how flexible and bendy, just the way kids move. Be able to move like a kid again. How are we going to do it? Just start practicing. Go play. Go have fun. Work on your mobility. Work on your flexibility. Play and do different movements. Go play sports. Go play games. Go have fun playing. I think it's an important part of our health. Is keeping that ability to move like a little kid. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center. Dot com.